Hello, everybody. It's great to see you. And I want to say a special hello to my home campus um, at Zoe's at Christ Community Downtown and Christ Community West. I want to say we are super stoked that you're alive. And for the people in traditions, we love you. And so it is so good to be a family together. So since um, the time I was here um, at the end of February, something super, super special has happened. Uh, the movie Frozen has come out on DVD. <laughs> and, um, and so if if you are someone who has children, this is a really, really big deal. Um, Frozen has penetrated every part of family life in the Tenza household. It's always playing on our CD players and our cars. Um, and then if, if, they, if the TV is on, it is Frozen. And, and, and we actually had it, uh, you know, a, a, a long time before I actually got to see it, and I, I really thought it was a dumb thing um, until I saw it. And, um, and, and there's this character in the story um, that I actually cried at. Surprise, right? Um, there's this part, and there's this character in the story um, that, that whenever this character came out and it, he showed his personality, I was a mess, like a, a train wreck. And um, the character is the snowman. Um, for, uh, and, and a bunch of you are like, oh, the snowman is comic relief to some people. Um, but the snowman is like this depiction of my soul, I felt like. And as he was doing this song, there's, okay, for those of you who, has not, who have not seen Frozen, um, there's a snowman um, who just dreams of summer. Okay, like his whole thing is, what would it be like to experience summer? And he has this whole song that he sings and dances about the beauty of summer and the hot and the cold. They're so intense. If you put them together, they just make sense. And he just dances and sings about summer. And it's supposed to be funny. I was sobbing because to me, this idea of the snowman, his heart, he's crazy, the ideas that he thinks of, they don't make sense, but they're beautiful and they're good. And so whenever his character is doing his thing, I thought, oh my gosh, like that's how I feel about life. Like, you know, the things I believe in and the, the things I hope for and the things I dream about to everyone else, I'm just a dancing snowman. Like, that's how I feel. And, and, but, but, but really, like, I, I believe in, in good things and that things are getting better and I believe in, in hope and I have these big dreams life, and I'm, I'm trying to find myself and who God has created me to be. I'm trying to find, do you know what I mean? And it seems to me that that is something that the average person and I have in common. The thing that the average person and I have in common is we all have this thing in our heart that says, I dream for things that probably will never happen. Do you know what I mean? Just like the no, man, you know, hoping for summer to come, and what would it be like, you know, to experience summer? And for me, I dream about things that I'm not sure will ever happen, but I dream about them happening. And we all have dreams about finding ourselves, finding our identities. We all have dreams about functioning in those things and functioning how we're supposed to function instead of having a purpose that's tied up in our jobs. Is that really all we are? And, and there's so much more. There has to be more. It seems like we are all in the business of trying to find ourselves. 
there was a man in the Old Testament who was also in the business of trying to find himself. And his, his name was Jacob. Jacob was always trying to find himself. And he believed that he would find himself whenever he would find his blessing. Right? He would find himself whenever he would find his blessing. He was obsessed with the idea of blessing. Why? Because in Hebrew culture, your blessing was everything. Your blessing was your name. Your blessing was your purpose. Your blessing was your family. Your blessing was your job. And so if he got the good blessing, he would have the thing that we would all dream about. Someone telling him who he is and how he is to thrive. Right? So today, we are going to do a study um, on the journey of Jacob and his blessing. We are at the end of the book of Genesis, at the very end. We're coming out all the way to the end. We have been on a heck of a journey together, and it's been super. Thanks for playing, right? Um, but, but we are coming to the end, and this, this sermon comes right before he's about to die, right before Jacob is about to die, and he has a very different perspective on blessing today than he did as a youth. Because remember, a long, long time ago, Jacob thought a blessing was something that was tangible and physical, something that he could actually steal, right? And then he goes into this idea of something, of blessing is something that he could actually take from God. Do you, do you remember the story in, in Genesis 32 that when he was traveling, he was sleeping, and then God came down, and Jacob and God wrestled together. Do you remember this? They were wrestling together, and as they are wrestling together, God actually says, let me go right? And how does Jacob respond? He responds by saying, no. <laughs> and God says, let me go. And Jacob says, not until you bless me. Like I said, this guy's obsessed with blessing. He's wrestling with God. And God says, let me go. And Jacob says, not until you bless me. And God breaks his hip and then he blesses him. He gives him a new name. He says, you will be now called Israel which actually means wrestles with God. His name and his identity was wrestles with God. And he does that for his entire life. He wrestles with God. The Hebrew rabbis, they actually say how people should approach Scripture is how Jacob approaches his experience with God. The rabbis say, whenever you approach scripture, you should wrestle it. You should wrestle it and never let it go until it blesses you. Right? It's very interesting for some of us who power read. You know, we power read through the Bible and say quantity over quality. You know? But the, the rabbis are like, you keep it. You wrestle it. You hold on to it. And you never let it go until it blesses you. So today, the passage that we are going to be wrestling is Genesis 48. Um, so if you have your Bibles, be prepared. Genesis 48 is coming upon us. It's going to be awesome. Um, so, but let's begin with Jacob's youth. 
Jacob's youth. Jacob had this, this idea and this experience about blessing that it was something tangible, something he, he could hold in his hands, something that was all tied up in inheritance. If, if he got a blessing, he would be someone. So he actually stole it from his brother. He stole the blessing from his brother. It was something physical. In the early Hebraic days, blessing and inheritance went together. It was like the same thing. And it's kind of like the story of the prodigal son. In the story of the prodigal son, you have a father and you have two sons. You have an older son and you have a younger son. And the younger son, at the beginning of the story, he takes his inheritance. A bunch of us would say he takes his blessing. He takes his inheritance, what is due to him. It is rightfully his, and he takes it. The older brother stays home. Right? He keeps his inheritance. He stays home. And the younger brother, then he goes off. And it says that he squanders his inheritance. He squanders you know, what the father has given him, what he had earned, the, the things that were due to him. And, and he parties and he spends the money on things he should not have spent the money on. And, and, and he comes to a place that over time he is broke. He has absolutely nothing at all and he seeks employment. He seeks employment at a pig farmer's house. That would be awesome. And so he seeks employment at a pig farmer's house and, and, and the, the, then as the story goes, he, he doesn't even eat the pigs. He eats what the pigs eat, right? He eats what the pigs eat. Um, and so he comes to this place that his eyes are open and he goes, oh my gosh, what have I been thinking? What have I been doing? This is crazy. I should go home and I won't even pretend to be a son anymore. I will go and simply be a servant. And so he goes home and he finds his father and he's going to beg and grovel at his feet and saying, please forgive me, I just want to serve you. But as he goes and he's walking there and he's completely humiliated, he sees his father sprinting out towards him. And for me, I picture the father being this big guy, you know, like he's big and he has a big beard and he's a big Jewish guy, you know, and so, and, and so I just see him like, you know, and like he's running and there's like sweat dripping and, and his beard has sweat and stuff and, and, and then he just like calls his son, he's like, I am so glad you're back and then he throws this massive party. It is said that it is at this point that the son receives his blessing. Right? It is at this point that the son receives his blessing. It was not at the beginning. At the beginning, he received his inheritance. But at this point, whenever the father embraces him and gives him something unexpected, that gives him something special, something that he could never earn, this was the son's blessing. Jacob, I believe, learned the same thing that the brother and the prodigal son learned by the end of his story. Jacob learned that a blessing is not something tangible. A blessing is not something to be earned, but it is something to be received. Something that comes from experience. Something that is unexpected and something that is poured out. And we are going to um, experience some water. We're going to experience in Genesis 48 how Jacob blesses his sons, okay? And how a father blesses his sons is like a composite of all the experiences and all the blessings that he has ever experienced. And this comes in Genesis 48. 
So, pull out your Bibles and turn them to Genesis 48. So, I have a pink Bible. <clears throat> and um, so I just wanted to tell you something about me, something kind of personal. Um, I am horrible about public rating. I get caught up a lot. Um, but something that's pretty cool is if I don't do it alone, I actually don't have a hard time at all. And so it's pretty interesting uh, because I think a bunch of us, whenever we are alone, we tend to do things poorly. But in a community, we do them a lot better. Um, so I want to invite you to read this passage um, together, and it's a blessing to me, and it's a blessing to you. So join me. They'll beep you up on the screen. Here we go. When Israel saw the sons of Joseph, oh, they're not on the screen. Fail. Well, I'm on this all by myself. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. When Israel saw the sons of Joseph, he asked, whose are these? They are the sons of God, they are the sons God has given to me, Joseph said to his father. Then Israel said, bring them to me so I may bless them. Now Israel's eyes were failing because of old age, and he could hardly see. So Joseph brought his sons close to him, and his father kissed them and embraced them. Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face again, and now God has allowed me to see your children too. Then Joseph removed, removed them from Israel's knees and bowed down with his face to the ground. And Joseph took both of them, Ephraim on his right towards Israel's left hand, and Manasseh on his left towards Israel's right hand, and brought them close to him. But Israel reached out his hand and put it on Ephraim's head though he was the younger, and crossing his arms. He put his left hand on Manasseh's head, even though Manasseh was the firstborn. Then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked faithfully, the God who has been my shepherd all the day of my life, the angel who has delivered me from all harm, may he bless these boys. May they be called by my name and the names of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and may they increase greatly on the earth. This is how Jacob blesses Ephraim and Manasseh. Now the question, the question is, who are Ephraim and Manasseh and why this blessing? So I'm going to talk about two different things here and to kind of clear up some things of confusion. First of all, I want to talk about what this blessing is, okay? And then I want to talk about who this blessing goes to, okay? So... This blessing is called the blessing of the name, okay? It's called the blessing of the name. This isn't just some generic blessing of like, may you be awesome, okay? Um, this is the blessing of the name. It's a big deal. The blessing of the 
name is typically tied up in a contract. It is a legal binding contract that a father will bless his firstborn son with. The blessing of the name goes on to the firstborn son of the father, and the firstborn son actually takes on the name of the father. Not only does he take on the name of the father, he also takes on um, his responsibility of the family. He also takes on the the responsibility of all the inheritances of all the children after him. He takes on the the responsibility of, of the whole estate. It is a big deal. This is a blessing of the name. How can we tell this is a blessing of the name? Simply because Jacob says, may they be called by my name. Okay? And this can only be said to one person, and it's the person his right hand goes on. Okay? May he be called by my name. And when this name is transferred, he legally has everything that Abraham or everything that Jacob had. Right? And he is now in charge of the family. The firstborn son plays this role. And all of his entire life, he's actually training himself to take over the family, take over the estate, to take care of everyone. This is a big deal, and this is a big blessing. Ephraim and Manasseh. Who are these people? Okay, so because we have been in the book of Genesis a long time, and Ephraim and Manasseh have not come up, right? Furthermore, we have been talking about Jacob for a long time, and Ephraim and Manasseh have not come up. And we have been talking about the sons of Jacob for a long time. No Ephraim and Manasseh. But we have this blessing, the blessing of the name, the biggest blessing of Jacob being passed off to someone called Ephraim and someone called Manasseh. Who are these people? They are the sons of Joseph. Joseph, a son of Jacob, Ephraim, and Manasseh are the sons of Joseph. This is important to know. Why is this important to know? Because they're not the firstborn sons of Jacob. Why is Jacob giving Ephraim or Manasseh this blessing? Because he has learned a lot about blessing through his story. He has learned a lot about blessing through his story. Here's the big thing that Jacob has learned about, his, about the blessing. Is that it is not something tangible that inheritance are tied up in. It is not something that can be stolen or taken or earned. It is something that can only be given. And something that can only be received. And often, God has this habit of blessing people that have no business in being blessed. There is something cool about this blessing of Jacob. Because typically, the blessing of the name is tied up in a bunch of legal jargon. Because this is a contractual blessing. The blessing of name is a big deal. And typically, there would be lots of people present to hear this. The passing on of the estate. And it would typically involve, you are in charge of this, and you get this, and you get this, and you get this. Remember this. This is our family crest. And you, you know, it's like, dun, 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 you know, you get the, there is none of this in this blessing. It is simply, the only thing you get is God. The only thing you get is the God of my fathers, who has been with me 
every step of the way. The angel who has you know, pulled me out of pain. The God who has been my shepherd. Every step along the way. You want an inheritance? You want my name? Do you know what it is? It's wrestles with God. And if you want to be wrestles with God, that's all you get. You get God. That's a big deal. This is the biggest blessing any father can give their child. You get the God who loves me and has shed his grace for me and has blessed me even though I don't deserve it. And Jacob didn't deserve it. Ever, 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 ever. <laughs> Jacob does not deserve it. And Jacob knew it. And that's why he's like, this blessing is big. And I give it to you. You don't deserve it. Now, how did it ever get to Ephraim and Manasseh? This is interesting. So, believe it or not, the Jews have laws for everything, right? The Jews have laws for everything, including blessing. And if your son, if your firstborn son is unworthy or you don't trust him or you think it's just a bad idea to put him in charge of your household, it is okay to say unfit, unworthy, and give it to your secondborn son. Right? It is totally kosher to do that. See, kosher in context, good. Um, so it is kosher to do that. And it goes to your secondborn son. And then if your secondborn son is unfit or unworthy, you can choose your thirdborn son. Or your fourthborn son. Or your fifthborn, sixthborn, seventhborn, eighthborn. For Jacob to get to Ephraim and Manasseh, he had to go through all of his children and say, No. I cannot imagine how hard he had to wrestle with God to give his blessing to someone other than his sons. Because that would be really hard for me. And so anyway, he would have to go through every single one of his sons and say, no, 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 no. Because when he does that, he's exposing his brokenness as a father. And your kids are your story. And Jacob has a broken story. No. And the one that the blessing goes to is Joseph. The only one he didn't parent gets the blessing. Yes. But Joseph has a name. Joseph has an estate. Joseph knows his purpose. Joseph knows it. He's the dancing snowman, you know? Joseph is there. And how do you bless a man who has been blessed? You give the blessing to his kids. Because people who are blessed, they bless other people. And they find joy in blessing other people. And Joseph wants his kids to be blessed. And so it's so interesting. In the text it says uh, that Joseph brings him his kids and then Jacob puts his hands on the kids' heads and then begins to bless Joseph. But the blessings are going to Ephraim and Manasseh, right? Yes, but it blesses Joseph. That's what it says. He puts the hands on the heads. And he blesses Joseph. Amen. So, 
Here's the other thing that's interesting about the text. So, so far, everything is up to speed. Everything is on the up and up. Everything is following the law perfectly. So, so this isn't some scandalous thing that the blessing is going to someone it shouldn't. It's going to someone it should. But here's where Jacob turns into Jacob all over again, and it's awesome because he's spunky. And so the blessing is going to these people. And and so Joseph brings the the oldest son to to Jacob's right hand, and he brings the youngest to his left hand because the the oldest son should get the blessing. It's the blessing of the firstborn. And Jacob closes his eyes, and, and his right hand's here, and here's Manasseh, he's the oldest. And his his left hand's here, and there's Ephraim, he's the youngest, and Joseph is feeling blessed, and then he goes, chunk, <laughs> right? He goes, My right hand's over here now, you know, gotcha, I'm Jacob. Like that's what he does. And so, you know, he puts his right hand on Ephraim, blessing of the name, you know, and then Joseph is actually angry. And he says, Dad, you did it wrong. My oldest is to your right. And he says, I know, son. I did it right. Ephraim will be a great nation. Manasseh will be a great nation. But Ephraim will be greater. And he will bear my name. And he does. He does. So Ephraim and Manasseh become the heads of the estate of Jacob. Wow. And so what happens, as with a lot of blessings, blessings tend to come true. Like, I believe in blessings. I believe the things that we speak to people tend to come true. And there's something special about it if your blessing comes from the patriarch of the church, like Jacob. And the blessings of Jacob came true to Ephraim and Hanasseh. Ephraim grew into a great multitude of people. And because he took on the name of Israel, the other brothers came under him. And they were called Israel. And furthermore, Manasseh became a great group of people. Um, and, and Benjamin and Judah joined up with him, and they became uh, the nation of Judah, right? So we have Judah over hundreds and hundreds of years. We have the nation of Judah, and we have the nation of Israel. And there are these two great nations from one great father, right? And the promise of Jacob and the promise of Isaac and the promise of Abraham are all upon them. Like, this is the hope of the world. Well, with anyone who has a great blessing and with anyone who has a great inheritance and with anyone who's a human, what do we do? We squander it because we're people, right? That's what we do. And so, so what happens is, over time, we have these two differing countries with differing personalities, right? We have, up here, we have the tribe of Israel, or not the tribe, the nation of Israel. And the nation of Israel is pretty crazy. It's, it's huge. And, and over time, it gets invaded over and over by people. Like over and over, it gets invaded by the Persians, and it gets invaded by the, pa- the Babylonians, and then the Romans. It's like people love to invade Israel. And so every time that, 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 that the country of Israel gets invaded, some, a tiny little part of their integrity falls away. 
And they're constantly having evil kings and, and bad rulers, and they're constantly getting invaded. And when the Persians come, they start you know, following Persian gods. And when the Babylonians came, they started following Babylonian gods. And I mean, they just love different gods. And so, so Israel just scatters out all over the place. And this is the people of Ephraim, right? They just scatter out. Some people would even say that these are the original Gentile people. Whenever, you know, Jewish people talk about Gentile people, they, they instantly think about the people of Ephraim because they got corrupted. They squandered their inheritance. They scattered out. They were gone. The people of Judah... The people of Judah were down south, and they built themselves around Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, um, they had the temple, they had the rules, they had the law, and they tried really hard to keep their inheritance. They tried really hard to keep their blessing, and they did. Do you know what I mean? They became these very, very uptight people because they had this fear of becoming as Ephraim, as Israel did. And over time, over time, the people of Judah began to pray for the repentance of Ephraim, for Ephraim to come back, for Ephraim to come home. And, and typically, whenever this idea of Ephraim coming back, people would get excited because there, there was the original blessing of Jacob, the original blessing of Isaac, the original blessing that began with, you will be blessed to bless others. And so Judah believed that when Ephraim came back, when Ephraim came back, everyone will be blessed through us. Prophets began to prophesy about this. In the book of Ezekiel chapter 37, we have this famous story. We have this famous story of Ezekiel going out into a graveyard, right? He's, God brings him into a graveyard, so it's creepy. And he's standing there, and God says, Ezekiel, pick up those two sticks on the ground. And Ezekiel goes down, he picks up these two sticks on the ground, and he says, look at them, what names are on them? And on the sticks, one of them says, Ephraim. The other one says, Judah. And he says, put them in your hand. And he puts them in his hand. And the two sticks become one stick. And then he's standing over this graveyard, holding the stick of Ephraim and Judah. And they're one stick. And then he says, and God says, uh, Ezekiel, speak to the dry bones. Speak to the dry bones and prophesy to them. Tell them to come to life, right? You've heard this. Tell them to come to life. Here's what's cool. The same word that when God says speak to them is bless them. God tells Ezekiel, bless the dry bones, bless the graves, bless that pile of emptiness. Because this is Israel. God says, this is Israel. Bless Israel. And when, when Ezekiel spoke to the dead of Israel, they began to shake and tendons began to grow on them and they came back to life. And this prophecy that Ezekiel started to spread around Judah was intoxicating, right? And people would talk about the return of Ephraim through the line of Judah. It was always the stick of Judah, the stick of Ephraim. Ephraim always gets put into the stick of Judah. And the stick of Judah plays a really prominent role because 
Jesus is in Judea. He is a Judean. He is from the line of Judah. And oftentimes, whenever he's telling his stories, he is talking to other Judeans, a.k.a. Pharisees, because we are in Jerusalem, right? And what is in Jerusalem? Judah. And so we have someone from the line of Judah who's a rabbi. And what does a rabbi do? A rabbi tells the truth about Torah. He teaches Torah, the first five books in the Bible. So the odds are, if you're talking to a rabbi, he is talking about something in the first five books of the Bible, right? And Jesus, from the line of Judah, talking to Judeans, he starts telling this story. He tells the story of a father who has two sons, an older son and a younger son. Right off the bat, these Pharisees are thinking of who? Ephraim, Manasseh. One son, he has stayed home. He has kept his inheritance. He has worked hard to make his father happy. Who's he speaking to? Judeans. And so then there's another son who takes his inheritance and he goes and he squanders it. And he blows it on things that he should not blow it on. And he finds himself being employed by the, the farmer of a pig or farmers of pigs, which is not by happenstance that pigs are the things that make a Gentile a Gentile, pretty much. Right? Pigs are outlawed in Jerusalem. If you eat a pig, you're a Gentile. You're not Jewish. And so he becomes a... a, 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 a he works for a farmer of pigs. And then he finds himself not, eat, not even eating the pigs, but eating what the pigs eat. Pigs are unclean because of what pigs eat. Pigs at this time eat human feces. And he finds himself eating this. And as he's telling this story to Judeans, what are they hearing? And then this, then this younger brother finds himself in a place that he's like, what have I done? I need to go home and I will just be a servant. Right? Right? I will just be a servant. And so he goes home knowing he will never be good enough, knowing he will never add up, knowing that he blew it, knowing that his father will never accept him as a son ever again because he blew his inheritance. He goes home and his big Jewish bearded father runs all over him and grabs him and picks him up and he says, I am so happy you are home. What are the Judeans hearing in this story? There is this resounding drumbeat of Ephraim is coming home, and this is how God will respond. This is a big deal, because once again, it's like God is in the business of crossing his hands. Because the blessing is all about, you know, we know who's supposed to be blessed. It's Judah, you've been awesome! It's the oldest son. You rock the house. You clean the toilets every day. Thank you. No. Firstborn, you know. The blessing often goes to the one who does not deserve it ever. God is in the habit of blessing people who do not deserve it. Praise the Lord because that's every one of us. <laughs> There was this time um, about seven years ago 
Now, I thought it was awesome. And, um, and I was doing everything right. I, uh, I was doing great at my job. I, I, I thought I was doing great at my family. I, was, I have these cool hobbies that I do. I'm really active and I do things and I'm cool and I have great stories. And I thought I was just awesome. I grew, joined this group of guys, these 20 guys, and it's like this fellowship. And, and a part of this fellowship, it's these type A personalities who bang their heads together. And, um, but anyway, um, the first time we all got together, we had to do this thing um, that we got this poster board. And, and on this poster board, they gave us four hours to draw a timeline of our past 10 years. And in this timeline of the past 10 years, we had to write down our highs, and we had to write down our loaves, and then talk about our experiences through our past 10 years. Like, here's who we are. And so I spent a ton of time on this, and I totally did the thing that, 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 okay, even though this was a bad experience, I rocked it, you know, like, you know, my mom passed away, but I did the funeral, and it was awesome, you know, and like, that kind of thing. So after we got done, and uh, we had to get up in front of the 20 guys and hold up our poster board and talk for a half an hour. Okay, and we had to go through this timeline. We had to say, you know, here's who we are, and here's who we've been the past 10 years. And I was really proud of my poster board because it was awesome. And, you know, I did this, and 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 I am Judah, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this. I'm the oldest son, and I did this. And he questions, because there's time for questions at the end. At the end, someone in the back holds up his hand. His name was Ben, and Ben says, well, from the biography that we all had to read, um, I heard that that you're a husband, and I heard that you're a father of two. Where is that on the poster board? Where is that on your poster board? And the reality was it's not on there. So I didn't think about them at all. I was a lousy father. I was a lousy husband. It didn't even, I didn't even think about it. Well, two days kind of after that, um, at at the end of our time together, we had this time that we would bless each other, right? And and Ben, he, he asked if he could bless me, and so he called me up in front of everybody, and he said things that I thought at the time, this is untrue. And he put his hands on me and he says, you are an amazing father. You plan adventures for your family. You take them to do amazing things. You write stories for your children and call them to be amazing. Other people will see you as a father and want to be like you. Your your wife is madly in love with who you are as a husband. You are a good husband. Your integrity, and he's, they're going on and on and on. Wow. At the end of that, I was a mess. But, you know, the more I thought about it, I'm like, this is just untrue. Through the th- three years together, um, it changed my life. And I didn't even think about it. But I did start planning adventures with my family. I started doing crazy things together. I started to be a better husband. At the end of our journey together, it was a three-year journey, I thought, oh my gosh, my life is different. And I told Ben, I'm like, dude, all the things you said to me, they came true. And he just simply said, blessings have a habit of doing that. 
What if we believed that our blessings and our words over each other had a habit of coming true? What if the things you spoke to people actually came true? What if the people you blessed were not the people who earned it? What if the people you blessed were actually heaps of dry bones who no one else is blessing? What would it be like for you to cross, his hand, cross your hands? What would it be like for the church to be less stingy with its blessings? What would it be like? What would it be like if all of us at the same time were crossing our hands and blessing people and our hands would get all tangled up and we'd be like all fighting with each other because we're blessing people and we're blessing the same people and then some of us would say, let us go. And then the parents would say, not until you bless me. And, and then it's just like, this church is a crazy heap of blessing people. What would that be like? And would God at that point say, you get a new name. You're the church. You know, what if, what if God say, you get a new name. This is what you were supposed to do. This was the blessing from Genesis chapter 12 when I said, you will bless people through your blessing. What if at that moment you realize that's what you signed up for at the beginning? Because that's what we all signed up for at the beginning. And so at times like that, we realize that the snowman wasn't so crazy after all. And maybe he was on to something. And believing in things that seemingly are impossible. Because we are the children of God and we believe in the crazy blessings of God. And we believe in everything he says. Starting back to the original blessing. I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless who, bless, who you bless. And I will curse whoever you curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. May you be people of blessing. May you not be stingy with your blessing. May you speak life into dead things. May you speak life into dead people. May you bless those who no one is nice to. May you be the church and may we love being the church. At this point, I want us to pray together. And I want to invite the other campus pastors at the other campuses to come forward so we can all pray together. Please pray with me. Oh God, we love you. And we adore you, and we are blessed by your love for us and your grace for us. And we pray that we are profoundly aware of your presence here, and that your grace is for us, and that you are for us. And in this time of prayer, Some of us are fully aware that we have been stingy with our blessings. We have been hoarding them for ourselves. Banging on the door saying, God, tell me who I am. Meanwhile, he's saying, tell them who they are. There are some of us here who need to be blessed. 
Oh God, we ask that you do what you do best and that you bless the people who do not deserve it. God, we thank you for crossing your hands and we thank you for pouring out your heart. God, we thank you for your love for us that there is no way we will ever deserve what you give us. And that is your whole heart. That is your whole body as Jesus. And that is your sacrifice. And that is everything. God, we love you. We praise you. And we proclaim over and over and over that you are good. And you can have us. And you can take us. And do with us what you will, because you are a God who blesses people through us. And as Christ Community Church, we pray, amen.